You're listening to Once, episode 189, Best Laid Plans, Initial Reactions. Welcome back to another episode of Once, the unofficial podcast for ABC's TV show, Once Upon a Time. I'm Daniel J. Lewis. And I'm Jacqueline. Thank you very much, Jacqueline, for joining me for this special initial reactions. Of course. We just finished watching this episode, Best Laid Plans, and it was... no. Okay, Jacqueline, what did you think of the episode? I'm going to call it interesting. Okay. I'm not sure if it's a good interesting or a bad interesting. There was a lot of frustration. But at the same time, at least we got answers. And I applaud when we get answers. Yes, that's a very good way to put it. I I would be actually not quite so generous with a word, but not so not very critical. I would say this episode was disappointing. Or that's my description for this episode. Not that the episode itself disappointed me, but that there was a lot of disappointment in this episode. Like the Charmings... Man, they are really now the two idiots. That was rough. Yeah. But really cool to meet the author. One of them, apparently. Yeah. Or the last, right? That's Yeah, what probably the last author. And I like how uh, Hudgebow said this in our chat room during the live show on Sunday night. She said, no one on this show is random peasant number one. Right, exactly. You meet a peasant on the road who talks to you for any length of time. You are important. And apparently, no one on the show is also random orphan girl number one either. <laughs> so, congratulations to everyone that accurately predicted that Lily was Maleficent's daughter. Yep. Knew that was coming. You know what made this awesome to learn that and makes me respect the show a bit more, actually, is that they had this planned all along. Remember in the episode when we met Lily, she had that scar tattoo or scar on her wrist, kind of like a star shape. And we could tell from the episode, there's something behind that scar. Yes. And then, of course, we finally got to see um, how that happened. And I, I like that they put thought into that. So there were little breadcrumbs leading you to something bigger. Right. So that tells me that even back then in the early half of season four, that they had at least parts of these stories and the plot lines already planned. So that gives me more respect that they're not just treating it like, okay, we do 11 episodes. Now let's do some completely different story for 11 other episodes. But they had a plan of where they were going. And I like that. With this whole season, we've had, yeah, the the half season story arcs of the villains. We could call them the villain arcs. And then we've had these overall story arcs, like now Lily is in that, but also the author of the book. Yeah, I like that with the author, it does feel very, what I have been calling over at the forums, story of the show as opposed to story of the arc. Because you do have these tiny arcs that begin and then they end within 11 episodes, but oftentimes don't feel like they're connected to the larger mythology that is Once Upon a Time. But at least the book and the author feels very, this is something we've been wanting for a while now. So it it does feel like they're trying to connect a lot of dots. And I appreciate that. Yeah. And getting to meet the author, big highlight of the, <laughs> this episode, and that the author is 
basically a villain himself. Yes, and I do have to give credit to Matthew Paul, my co-moderator, who brought up this idea last week in the forums and was shot down by several of us. (laughs) Sorry, Matt. (laughs) Well, yeah, congratulations, Matthew Paul, and great job on predicting that. And we read his feedback in the recent episode, so uh, I'm really glad that we got to include that and document that before this episode aired. So the author, though, it is a villain, but he gave heroes mostly happy endings. Well, I'm kind of curious as to how much this current author had to do with our heroes. Yeah. When did he become the author and how much manipulation did he have over the heroes that we know as heroes? Or was that a previous author? Because <laughs> maybe it was Walt Disney. <laughs> Yeah, nice little reference there. Um, what they say? Someone named Walt? A man named Walt. And everyone at the forums owes me 1,000 cookies because I predicted that. <laughs> nice. So if you come to the finale party that we'll be having in the Cincinnati area for the season finale, bring cookies for Jacqueline. Yes. So Lily, now her name makes a lot more sense. How back when we first met Lily and had all that research about the name Lilith that was, uh, remind me a little bit of that. Well, Lilith was the name of, she's like the mother of demons. She's the precursor to Eve um, in some of the biblical traditions. And she's not normally a good person. So that is a great choice for her name. Yes. And then it fits in with everything very well. Now that we know that she's the one that was cursed with this heart of darkness or or all of Emma's potential for darkness moved to her. But the thing, you know, looking at that, and by the way, these are just our initial reactions. That's why we're a bit all over the place in our thoughts and ideas here. But what I'm now wondering is, well, wait, if Snow and Charming did this thing that basically transferred the potential for darkness from Emma to Lily, doesn't that mean that even at this point still, Emma doesn't have the capacity to go dark? See, I think we're going to learn that that has nothing to do with it. Because if you think about it, that kind of doesn't make sense. You can't remove everybody's potential for darkness because everybody goes through some kind of trial or tribulation in their life and they make choices. I really don't want this show to say that good and evil comes down to some sort of you know, percentage that you have inside of you right. predestined. I want it to be that you have to make choices. So I think that Emma still has the potential for darkness and that Snow and Charming are going to have to realize that what they did kind of in the end doesn't matter. It has to be Emma's choice. Yeah. And oh, the two idiots in this episode. Oh, gosh. Just throughout this, it was like, wait, you guys are supposed to be the heroes. Yeah. When I think back to season one and how Snow and Charming were presented then and, you know, really kind of up until this season – it is how the have the mighty fallen because I was watching this thinking those aren't even close to the two people I remember from season one. Right. Kind of disappointing. I thought that uh, the whole thing about the page and the fake page, that was clever with Henry and everything. But man, so quickly squashed. Very quickly squashed. <laughs> but I'm glad that Henry had something to do. I really want him to be involved in this author and book plot because he and that book were our introduction to the show and to remove him from it would just be so sad. 
I wonder if it will be something like the author will have some special connection to Henry in that he'll be saying something like, I did this all for you. I wanted you to become the hero, not Emma or maybe something like that, where it's kind of like how parents often live their lives and their adventures through their children. Mm -hmm. Maybe the author has written the story in that way for Henry. And he's like, you are supposed to be the savior. And and I wanted you to have the great life that I couldn't have because I was chosen to be the author and couldn't be the hero and instead just had to record everyone else's stories. That's an interesting idea because when I was watching, I thought that maybe at some point the author or even the sorcerer, if he's the one that chooses the new author, is going to make Henry the next author. Yeah. Because it would be very, very fitting for Henry to take up that mantle. Yeah, it would. And is it – August gave us some awesome information about the author, and it's really cool. And it's very reminiscent of Doctor Who, really, and how Doctor Who is the last Time Lord. A completely different TV show, I know. But here in Once Upon a Time, I like that this is the last author, or at, last, at least the last one that was – given the title and the job of being an author, but is it the author, the person that has the magical power or is it that quill? Right. Cause the apprentice seemed to want the quill back. Right. So I, it might be that quill. I wonder if that's in the sorcerer's house somewhere. Could be. Now, and speaking of the sorcerer's house and we'll get into more depth with this episode in our full discussions coming up soon, but I wonder, did the author do something that put Emma in the middle of town all alone like that? Do you think he just suddenly wrote her into the story and wrote like, Emma is in the middle of a town all alone or something like that? I've been wondering how much influence the author still has because he's still writing stories. If you remember back to the end of season three, he wrote, or at least there was a new picture in the book of Hook and Emma dancing at the charming engagement ball in the past. So the book is changing, which makes me think that the author still has some kind of control over everything. So maybe he is kind of writing these little scenes and vignettes. Right. And, well, the book's changing is a result of changing the timeline slightly. So the author would have recorded something differently. Right. So it seems like he's done a collection of recording things as well as writing people's stories. And it was because he was abusing that power that he was then cursed to live inside the book. How was he abusing the power, though? I mean, which story did he try and corrupt? Well, it sounds like maybe he was doing that with everyone's stories to some extent and deciding who got a happy ending and who didn't. And then it just came to... The, the climax, the straw that broke the camel's back when it involved that child. Because remember, that's, and I want to go back and see exactly what was said, but the apprentice had said something like, how could you do that to that child or that baby? Yeah. And so was he referring to Emma? Like, did the author write into Emma that she would have the potential for darkness? Or did the author write into Lily that she would be cast into our world? Yeah, because I mean, he presented the idea of this dragon egg that had been laid to Snow and Charming, almost as if he knew that they would been then be going to the apprentice and get this information about how they could transfer Emma's darkness into this empty vessel. Right. Yeah, that's interesting. 
Speaking of eggs, special thanks to you for giving us a special golden egg and helping keep this podcast running. And your kind donations help a lot to keep the podcast going and cover the expenses. And for this episode, I want to thank David Newland, Steve Johnson, Lisa Slack, Tracy Anderson, Daniel Clark, and our 15 backers on Patreon. Thank you very much. Your kind donations keep the podcast running. And it makes you like co-producers with us of this podcast and enables us to do cool things and like see the episodes in full HD from iTunes and and get the software that we need to to run the website or the hosting for the podcast and all of these kinds of things. So thank you, thank you, thank you for your kind support. Every little bit counts. If you would like to support an episode of the podcast or several episodes, like either a one-time donation, an automatic monthly donation, or a per-episode donation, then please go to oncepodcast.com slash sponsor. Even if you're not able to donate, you can still shop through our amazon.com affiliate link on that same page, and then that helps support us without it costing you anything extra when you do your shopping on amazon.com after you visit our affiliate link. So that's at oncepodcast.com slash sponsor. And thank you for your support. Okay, so I want to bring up a scene that I think we're going to be talking a lot about. And that was Rumple talking to Belle as she was knocked out from the sleeping curse. Hmm. You would want to bring that up because you are Rumple's girl in the forums. <laughs> I am. So at the very end of the season premiere, Darkness on the Edge of Town, I wrote a very long theory that a lot of people at the forums read and either really hated or really loved. And I believe that Rumple is going to die at the end of this season. Ooh. And I think we just got our first big moment of foreshadowing. The speech he gave to Bell, I was very confused about it. I had no idea what he was talking about. He made it sound as though, and he was clutching his heart while doing it. Yeah. It made it sound like he's saying goodbye forever. And I think they have been hinting at Rumpel dying for a while. I think there have been some some hints dropped, and I think this was the biggest one. Hmm. Well, they've already killed Rumpel once. They have. In a beautiful way, I might say, even. Right. He went out a hero and, you know, it broke my heart, but I loved that he went out that way. I thought it was a really great end to his story. And then they brought him back. And since then, <laughs> he has been not rumpled. He has been something that I don't even recognize anymore. So I think they're gearing up to end his life again for good. And I think they're going to send him out as the ultimate villain. Do you think that might happen even to Regina. I mean, not as the ultimate villain, but Regina would also die in the process because Regina said goodbye to Henry. And she even said if, but then she changed it to when she comes back. No. And there's something that Rumpel is going to bribe her with or, or you know, blackmail her with. It's probably going to be Henry. That's my thought. Maybe. I don't think Regina's going out. I think that... It will just be Rumple at the end of this season dying. Hmm. Willingly? Or do you think he'll be killed like as sort of like a justice kind of thing? Well, <laughs> my current theory right now is that he will be killed by either Emma or Hook, and we will have a new dark one by the time season five hits. And my money right now is on Emma because they've been teasing the whole dark side of Emma. And, you know, to go back to what I said about choices, maybe she thinks I have to and this man who is trying to rewrite everyone's happy ending. And it's my job to give everybody that happy ending. So I have to stop him. 
and she plunges the dagger through his heart. Rumpel dies, and Emma becomes the new dark one. I think Rumpel is like Zozo right now. I think he is a desperate soul looking for a way out. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't necessarily say looking for a way out. He's a desperate soul looking for his happy ending. But is that actually what he's after, or does he just want to watch the world burn? Possibly the last one. I don't know. It's very hard for me to understand what Rumpel sees as his happy ending because he married Belle. He had a big part of his happy ending, and the other half of his happy ending hasn't been mentioned in a long time and seems to have nothing to do with anything that Rumpel is even doing. It has nothing to do with Balefire. So I don't know what his happy ending is unless he really is just at a point like Zozo back in season one where he's he's ready to go and he's going to do anything possible, including manipulate everyone so that he's gone. Yeah. Huh. That could be really interesting for the show. And it almost makes me feel like if they kill Rumpel, they kill the show. Well, that was brought up when I told my theory. Everyone's like, no, they won't do that because the the audience will just leave en masse. And, you know, as someone who watches the ratings obsessively, posts all the ratings over in the forums, you know, I can tell you guys we're going to get a season five. There's no doubt about it. But I do think that it's going to be the last season. And I think in that sense, Adam and Eddie can be a little bit looser with their story and not have to worry about the audience reaction to killing Rumpel. Yeah, I could see that. And we did theorize in our full discussion for the last episode, and that was uh, the episode of our podcast number 188, that maybe Emma could be the dark one because there was that little hint of Mm -hmm. if she'd stabbed him with the dark one's dagger that she would have become the dark one. Yep. I think at some point we're going to see Emma get her hands on the dagger. Or consider this. Doxon just said this in the chat room. What if Lily is the new dark one? Ooh. Someone already with darkness of heart. Like Rumpel, I would say Rumpel was corrupted by his power. He wasn't corrupted before he got the power. Misguided, yes. You know, a coward, yes. But not corrupted. Yeah. Whereas Lily is supposedly actually corrupted. And we have no idea where she is and what she's been doing for the last 20 years, 10, 15, 20 years. Yeah. Right. And I think it's interesting that she has basically Emma's darkness. They set Emma and Lily up then to be opposites of one another. If Emma's the savior, then is Lily the anti-savior? Very possibly. I think that does fit in nicely with Emma's development. Mm-hmm. I think at some point we need to see Emma and Lily again together in the present day and judge how that goes down. Right. But like, how would Emma respond to that? Yeah, Lily lied to Emma, hurt Emma. Right, and it's hard to gauge what Emma's reaction is going to be, and that was something else I wanted to bring up, because when it came to Snow and Charming in this episode, she kind of washed her hands of them. She doesn't care that Snow's her mother. She was very cold and distant there at the end. But she's also the same person who told Hook, it doesn't matter what you did in your past because that's not who you are now. And Emma knows that Snow and Charming obviously have regrets, that they are good people, that they've, you know, they they sent her through a magical tree to give her her best chance. So I don't know how Emma will react in any given situation anymore. Right. Her world is shattered. Her trust is shattered. But she has her ability, which maybe her ability 
as someone in the chat room, I can't remember who said this, but during the live show tonight, someone had said that maybe Emma has this ability so that she can spot the bad in everyone and avoid it. Or Interesting. You know, so she knows truth and follows that. Maybe, maybe not. It would be interesting to learn about that ability. Maybe the author gave her the ability. I mean, when you give someone as much power as it seems the author now has or had at one point, it makes me have to question everything, really. Very, very true. So we would love to have your feedback on this for our upcoming full discussion where we'll get into this in a lot more detail, dig through some of the things we didn't mention here and get sound clips, get your feedback as well. So please email us feedback at oncepodcast.com and put in the subject line, best laid plans. You can also get our other contact information like the phone number or send a voice message through the website at oncepodcast.com. If you'd like to comment on the show notes for this episode, that's at oncepodcast.com slash 189. The only thing I want to say is at least we found out how Cruella and Ursula ended up in our world. I can't say I'm 100% thrilled, but at least we know. (laughs) Yeah, that was a a quick little answer of just, oh, yep, there it is. Okay, now we know. Here's an opening in the world here. They're just going to fall through. Okay. Yeah, I was expecting to see maybe like, oh, there's the dragon too. He fell in as well. Or maybe (laughs) Maleficent had twins. And the dragon fell through. (laughs) Yeah, so it does make sense now. We look forward to discussing this episode in a lot more detail in our upcoming live show. We do this live on Sunday nights after the Eastern and Central Time airing, as well as Wednesday nights. We have our full discussions. Go to oncepodcast.com slash live to see the full schedule of when we are live. Please connect with us on Twitter at oncepodcast and each of us individually on Twitter. I'm Daniel J. Lewis on Twitter at The Ramen Noodle. I'm Jacqueline. You can follow me on Twitter at punk underscore bunny underscore 87. And you can also get the Twitter handles for our other co-hosts, Aaron, Hunter, and Jeremy on the website at oncepodcast.com. Please subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or your podcast app of choice. And remember, author or no author, I'm not going dark. And thanks for listening. Once Podcast is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. Big thanks to our sponsors for this episode of the podcast. Please, if you would like to support the podcast, either through a one-time donation, automatic monthly donation, per-episode donation, or just do your shopping on Amazon.com through our link, please check out the options at oncepodcast.com slash sponsor. And thank you, because you are awesome. Thank you.